The reason I, I pray in Thai, you might not understand, but our God, who is the God of all nations, understands. Amen? He understands language. And that, I want you to see that in Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, that's where we will focus on, also have this kind of similar event that happened that when the disciples were speaking in tongues, in other tongues, in other languages, okay? Um, and that's why, you know, I pray in Thai. Just want to make sure you understand that this is a language, okay? All right, so let me ask you a question before we open the scripture together. How many of you, how many of you in here have experienced God or his supernatural work in your life? Anybody? Awesome. How many of you can testify of God's work in your life? Okay. Good. That's, that's many hands. I, I love to see that. Now, this question, you don't have to raise your hand, but I want you to ask this question to yourself. When was the last time that you have encountered God in your life? When was the last time? Okay. We often share the stories of other people who experience Christ, right? We go to Facebook and then share, wow, this person experienced this and that about God and it's awesome, right? But what about your own life? Do you have anything that you can share with other people that you can testify to say that God has done this in my life? I know one person that um, have that experience and that would like to share with us. We'd like to welcome Ned to come up here. This is my friend Ned. Um, he experienced Christ and um, God transformed his life and he would like to share with us his testimony Good morning, church family. So you might be wondering, why is there another AIM on the stage? <laughs> I am certainly not AIM or his brother, but we are brother in Christ. Um, Blue Valley Baptist Church is very special to me because this is the first church that I have ever joined. My mother and I became a member of this church back in March. Um, we love this church because this church is being led by the Lord and we love how everyone here welcome us with love. Today, I would like to share with you how I came to Christ. So eight years ago, two of my best friends uh, shared a gospel with me. It was the first time that I have ever heard about God. I was shocked because the things that they were telling me didn't make a lot of sense to me. The idea of believing in something that we cannot see was a challenge for me. During that time, we were still in high school. So you can guess that we didn't always make the right decisions. But because my friends allowed God to take over their lives, I started to see how God had changed them. I started to see how they had turned away from the worldly lifestyle. I started to see how they are different, different from my other group of friends. So I thought to myself, maybe God could be real. After spending a, a good amount of time learning about God, I still didn't think it was necessary to rely on him. I thought that my life was great. I was doing more good than bad. So if God is justice, then I deserve to go to heaven. Well, last year, I was dealing with depression. I was hearing negative voice in my head. It was telling me that 
No one loves you. You're not good enough for college. You're not good enough for the position at your job. You are worthless. It gets in my head so much that I started to hate myself. I started to hate people around me. I could spend a whole day describing what depression feels like, but I'd rather put my focus on God. So one night, I wanted to escape from the pain that I was dealing with. I was thinking about taking my own life. But then I remember about God, the God that had helped my friends, the God that had worked in other people's lives. So I went to God, and I did what my friends advised me. I got on my knees, closed my eyes, and I started praying. Dear God, I don't know you, but I have seen what you have done for others. I can't continue living a life like this. I need your guidance, and I need you. Then all of a sudden, I was released from being trapped in the darkness. The negative voice started to fade away. I wanted to get closer to God, so I started reading the Bible, but I was having a hard time understanding it. So I kept praying every day that God would bless me with someone that, is, that has a good influence and help me understand the Bible. So I kept praying every day, and I remember AIM. So I messaged him saying, AIM, uh, we used to play soccer together at this church. Is that the church that you go to? And AIM replied me saying that, yeah, that's, I work there. I'm a youth pastor there, and I would love to take you to church and sit with you and help you study the Bible. So I started to realize that even though I can't see God, but I was able to feel, I was able to see what he was doing in other people's lives and what in my life. Um, so I surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the happiest day in my life. I was crying with happiness and I was jumping around like a little kid. It was the moment that I felt the Holy Spirit fulfilling what was once empty. I hope that my testimony inspired you. No matter where you are with God right now. God has always been there for me, even when I didn't even know him. Everything that had happened to me was not by accident. It was his plan all along. He had used my friends to share the gospel with me so that when I need him, I can go to him. He had put me right outside of this church to play soccer so that I see the church that I can go to when I need to. So thank you, Lord, for always being there for us, for sending your beloved son to save us sinners. Because of God, I no longer feel worthless. I'm able to love myself again. I'm able to see my value. Because of God, the negative voice no longer have impact on me. Because of God, I have found my identity through him. Thank you. Amen. Well, thank you, Ned. Um, I feel like I don't have to preach anymore. Uh, that's, that already preached it, preached it all. Um, 
when I asked Ned to share the testimonies, he said, I'm very shy. I said, hey, I'm also a shy person. I, I, I don't like speaking in front of people. Um, and then he's like, I don't know what I'm going to share. And say, you know, be obedient to God. Um, and say, well, you can say no if you don't want to. And he came to me, and I think he did, he did a fantastic job. And then God was using him to impact all lives. Amen. Um, so that's Ned. Um, he has his story. I also have my story, too, that I would like to share with you. Um, last Monday, um, around, uh, it's June 1st, around 9 p.m., I got a text from my friend um, who also plays soccer with me um, and said that uh, he's late um, to pay for rent and he doesn't have enough money for rent. Um, and I felt really strongly that the Holy Spirit was leading um, for me to do something about that. Um, so, net. Uh, Met me here at soccer, and then my friend who texted me also uh, plays soccer. So God must love soccer, right? Amen. Yeah, I think God loves soccer. And then thank you for my friends who are here who also skip um, watching the Women's um, World Cup to be here. Um, so uh, God first. That's good. All right? Um, <clears throat> so my friend contacted me and then said, hey, um, I, don't, I don't have anybody else to turn to but you. Uh, would you be able to help? Um, he said, he said you know, I, I just want to borrow because I, I don't have any. So, you know, I thought of myself and talked to Beth about it. I said, yeah, it's the 1st of July. Um, we had to pay for our, our house. We have um, medical bills to pay. We have a lot of things to pay for. Um, and then our air conditioner went out um, for about three days. And um, what, we, what are we going to do, all right? Um, but we felt strongly that the Holy Spirit was guiding and leading us to do something about this. Okay? I could have just said, well, sorry, man, I, I can't help you because I have my own problem. But I thought, I, I told Beth, you know, we have, we have the house to live, we have food to eat, but my friend, he's struggling. What are we going to do? So I contacted um, some of my, um, my friends and the people in my family um, to see if they can help some to share um, this burden and then we collected those money and be able to um, pay um, his rent for, for him. Uh, we praise God for that. And then thank you for being obedient to um, the Holy Spirit who leading all of us um, to be obedient. My friend could have asked anybody in his life, right? He knows many people. But I asked that question to myself, why me? Why, why, why he has to turn to me? Because I saw that that's the opportunity that God gave me and he wants to use me to be a blessing to him and at the same time God wants to show his power in me and through me now every night uh, my family um, Beth will do the devotion with the kids called I am devotional okay I recommend that it's really good talk about the name of God and um, uh, that night um Beth put the kids to bed, and then um, she came out and talked to me while still texting people, trying to figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to get money to help my friend. And then um, um, Beth shared with me and said, hey, I, I want you to see something in this devotion, okay? It happens to be that night that they did that study, okay? The title was The Lord Will Provide, okay? It can be a coincidence, right? Go deeper. The question at the end of that um, devotion, said this, 
how could you be a blessing to someone else today? <laughs> I almost dropped my knees because like, yeah, God, I get that, all right? I was um, happy and glad to be obedient to his voice in my life and then that other people to be obedient to that calling as well. Now, to me, that was not a coincidence. That was an ordained moment that God has given us that the Holy Spirit was leading and we must obey. Amen? When that happened to you, not just this kind of story, but other stories that you hear that voice that might contradict with how you feel, how would you respond to that? Would you listen to yourself or would you listen to the Holy Spirit? Okay? So let's open the scripture together if you have a God's, a copy of God's word. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. We'll look at verse 1 to 4. Um, this will, will kind of shine the light for us to see about the, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit that happened in the Pentecost. Okay? All right. So if you don't have Bible, there should be some copies uh, in the seats in front of you. Or you can look on the screen. All right. So I'm going to read Acts 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Now they here is talk about the disciples. Okay, the disciple, the follower of Jesus Christ, they were together in one place. And suddenly they, there came um, from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Okay, now let's pause there for a little bit. Um, you talk about uh, a mighty rushing wind. You remember about Nicodemus? Okay, the, um, the leader, the, the Jewish leader that asked, G asked Jesus about what does it mean to be born again? Okay, what does it mean to be born of the Holy Spirit? Now, Jesus talked about it's like the wind, okay, um, that you don't see it, but you see the effects of the wind, right? Um, that can, it can blow anyway, right, anywhere it goes. Um, I also talk to my kids about this too. They ask me uh, and Beth about um, God and say, yeah, we, we love God, we believe in God, but we don't see God. So I, I blow uh, my breath uh, at their face, and I ask them, do you see my breath? They said, no. And they asked, do you feel my breath? They said, yes. Okay. That is our God. You might not be able to see him like what Ness said, but you get to see the, the, the things that happen in other people's life, in your own lives. You see the effect of that. When the wind blows, you see the leaves move, right? Even though you don't see the wind, but you see the effect of it. All right. Um, at my house, when the air conditioner went out, we have the fan. We feel the coolness of the wind, right? Praise the Lord for um, creating the fan for us. Um, so let's go on to chapter 2, verse 3. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Wow. This is the, um, the same spirit that John the Baptist testified in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Okay? Um, John the Baptist said this, I baptize you with water for repentance, but Jesus who will come after me, who ranked before me, right? I'm not even worthy to carry his sandal, right? That he will baptize you with 
the Holy Spirit and fire. And then you see the scene right here that um, it's divided tongues as of fire came upon them. And then they will all feel or, or they are baptized with the Holy Spirit at this time. Now, one thing I want to mention here is they were speaking in other tongues. All right. Now, right here, it talks about the language. Okay. Um, different languages here because Pentecost is um, a Jewish holiday to celebrate uh, their um, harvest. Okay. It's the first fruit of their harvest of each year. They celebrate that. Um, and this takes place. 50 days after Passover. Now, the word Pentecost means 50. All right, you have the Pentecon and um, whatever, another pen. Um, but we have uh, Pentecost here, 50 days after Passover, right? Um, during that time, you understand the story about the, the Jews that got um, dispersed everywhere, okay? We call it the dispersion, where they would go, they scatter um, everywhere in the world, and then this is the time that they would come together, and then they would hear the disciples speaking in their tongues, okay? In their language that they hear. Um, so, this Holy Spirit is also the one that Jesus promised to the disciple. Look at um, Acts chapter 1. If you could flip one more page to the left. Um, chapter 1, verse 4. Okay. Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. Also, you see that in John 14, 16, Jesus said that um, I will ask the Father to send you another helper, which is the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever. Amen? That Holy Spirit will be with you forever. That's why we have the security of our salvation. Because the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. He does not come and go. Okay? If it comes and go, that's not forever. Forever means forever. All right? So, um, that's the promise that Jesus gave us. Um, you can also look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Okay? Jesus told his disciple this. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. All right. Now, the scripture said this. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witness. Okay, the scripture did not say, you may receive the Spirit when you accept Jesus Christ. You may receive the Spirit, and then you should be my witness. It's not a suggestion. You understand that? It, it is a definite. It's a promise that you will receive. When you accept Jesus Christ, like Amina, pray, accept Jesus Christ. She received the Holy Spirit in her. Pedro, pray, accept Jesus Christ. He has the Holy Spirit in him forever. Amen? And then we don't get a choice whether or not we will be a witness of Jesus Christ and his work or not. Because you will see later, I'm going to explain to you, because the Holy Spirit is the one that glorified Jesus. Okay? All right, so all believers, when, when we receive Jesus Christ, we all receive the Holy Spirit, the promise 
spirit. Now my question is to you, have you surrendered your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And that's okay if you say, no, I have not. If you want to learn more about it, I'm here to talk to you. There's so many people here um, that you can ask them what it means to, um, to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you have received him, praise the Lord. But my question is, have you received the power of the Holy Spirit and live your life to glorify Christ? Have you done that? Or are you just living your own life? If you have, if you have done that, praise God. And I want to hear more story of yours so that we can be blessed through your story like what Ned just did. But if you have not experienced Christ and his transforming power in you, then I would like you to be honest to yourself and ask yourself this question. Why? Why I have not experienced God in such a way? Why I feel so far away or God, he feels so far away from me? Okay? Because our first point here, a living transformed life begins with surrendering to the authority of God in you. Okay? If your question is why I don't experience this, why I don't have um, experience the uh, supernatural power of God in me, ask yourself this question. Have you lived a transformed life that, un- that begins with surrendering your life um, to the authority of God in you? Let's open to John 16. 7 to 8, okay, we're going to go back from John, um, John and Acts quite often, okay, so John 16, verse 7 to 8, and then 13 to 14, we're going to look at the works of the Holy Spirit, okay, John 14, verse 7 to 8, I mean 16, sorry, 16, 7 to 8, I tell you the truth. Jesus said this. Okay? I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. I mean, go away. I mean, send it to, to the heaven, to the Father. Okay? For if I do not go away, the helper, which means the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Okay, we're going to go to 13 to 14. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. The Holy Spirit will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit, he will glorify me, which means Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus Christ. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So, that's the job of the Holy Spirit that will glorify Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, you see, there's works here I want you to see here. Um, He will convict the world concerning sin. Okay? So, when he convicts people of their sins and then God gives them glory over the sins, who received the glory? Jesus Christ. All right? And then he, which is the Holy Spirit, will convict the world concerning righteousness because the Bible said that he will guide us in all truth, in order, all truth is in the scripture right here, in order for us to become more like 
Christ in his righteousness, then who received the glory? Jesus Christ. He, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world concerning judgment. He will give us power for victory over Satan and demonic forces and power. Who received the glory? Jesus Christ. Amen? The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus Christ. Now, through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we will be more effective in ministry, in witnessing to others, and in our proclamation of the gospel. As you see that Ness just shared with us that his friend lived, his li- lived their lives allowing the Holy Spirit leading their lives so that he could see the, the things that are different about them that separate them from his other groups of friends. And that led him to Christ. What about your life? Can people tell when they look at your lives and they see, wow, there's something that's different about you? It must be something that, um, that they want to know, that they want to see that's different so that will open that door for you to share the gospel with others. Or do other people see you? Do they see Christ in you? Now, John 14, 12 said this, um, which is, this is the word of Jesus Christ. He said, whoever, that means whoever, everybody, right, believes in me, in Jesus, will also do the works that I do. Okay. What does it mean to do the works that I do? Okay, I I, I want you to um, look at this again if you're still in John. John 14, 10, Jesus said this, I am in the Father. And the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. You see that? Jesus Christ surrendered under the authority of God the Father to do God's will. And he did not speak on his own authority. Okay, I want you to look at this too. Um, John 16, 13 to 14. We already read that, but I'll read this one more time. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, but he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you all things uh, that are to come. He will glorify me, which is Jesus. He will glorify Jesus, for he will take what is mine and declare to you. You see that similar there? Jesus said, I will not speak on my own authority. Jesus Christ, I mean, um, the Holy Spirit said, uh, Jesus Christ talked about the Holy Spirit, that he will not speak on his own authority. But yet a lot of times for us, we have the Holy Spirit in us to lead us, to guide us, to guide our conversation, to, to lead our speech and our action. But yet we ignore all that and then we speak on our own authority. Whatever is in here, whatever we think, we post, whatever we think, we say, whatever we feel, we act. Whatever happened, we react to that. And when someone cut in front of you, does Jesus come out of your mouth or what? Make sure that it's not a cuss word that you know, Jesus come out of your mouth. Because whatever comes from your mouth, come from where? 
your heart. You understand that? If you have the Holy Spirit in you, he will guide you in your words, your speech, your action. Okay? So, therefore, we do not speak or do things on our own authority. But through the power of the Holy Spirit in us to glorify Christ and proclaim his good news of salvation. Amen? We don't do things on our own authority. Um, as you see in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, okay, if you flip to Acts um, chapter 2 verse 4, you see that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You see that the disciples were allowing the Holy Spirit to lead them. They, they spoke because the Holy Spirit led them to do that. And then um, you see the, um, the witness of that in Acts chapter 2, verse 11. Both Jews and proselytes, um, Cretans and Arabians, saying this, we hear them telling in our own tongues, in our own language, that um, the, the mighty works of God. Okay, you see that? They spoke in other tongues about the mighty works of God. It's not like they were just speaking anything, making up whatever language they want that no one can translate. But this is the language that people can translate, and it glorifies Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus did not speak on his own authority. The Holy Spirit does not speak on his own authority. We... Do not speak on our own authority, but we let the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in all truth, and his job is to glorify Christ. You don't have to worry whether or not your speech will glorify Christ. You don't have to worry if your action will glorify Christ. If you submit and surrender under the authority of the Holy Spirit in you, that is his job. When he's leading you, he will lead you to glorify Christ. Amen? But if you see your life, the things that you say, the things that you do, the things that you think, the things that you watch, whatever in your life, your lifestyle, not bringing glory to Christ, then ask yourself this question. Am I living my life under the authority of the Holy Spirit or am I living my life under my own flesh? Remember the verse that I to, um, told Amina and Petra? You have been crucified with Christ. You die on the cross with him already. It is no longer you who live, but Christ the one that lives in you. You see that? So allow Christ to live in you and through you, and then he gave you the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit. So my question to you is, how do you live your Christian life? How do you live your Christian life? Does it bring glory to Christ or does it bring glory to yourself? Think about that. If whatever you do or speak do not bring glory to God, then we are not living in and through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We're basically living on our own authority or saying it this way. We are living for ourselves. What did um, Apostle Paul say? He, say? he said this. To live. For to me. To live is for Christ. And to die is gain. 
He's in the prison, not for himself. He doesn't want to be in the prison, but he's in prison because of Christ, because he wants to glorify Christ. He led the Holy Spirit to lead. You understand that? What about your life? How do you live your Christian life? But if we live our lives, our transformed life under the authority of the Holy Spirit in us, we will experience and witness the supernatural work of God in us. Do you want to experience that? Do you want to see that in your life? If you do, then choose to submit under the authority of the Holy Spirit in you. As you can see the evidence here, um, look at um, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And so those who receive his words, um, you know, Peter was preaching the gospel, okay? So those who receive his words were baptized and there were added um, that day about 3,000 souls. Amen? They got to see the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in them when then the Holy Spirit came upon them. And then they let the Holy Spirit lead them. And they experienced that. They, wit they witnessed so many souls that came to Christ. What about your life? Can you say that? That because of my life submitting, surrendering to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in me, then other people see and then they see that because of your life, how you live your life, that lead many souls to Christ. Or it's the opposite. When people see your life, when people walk into this church and they see your life and they say, yeah, I don't want to have a part of that church. I don't want to have a part of this person. Is that you? If they see the work that transforms your life, there's no way that they will turn away. Because Christ will do his work. Also, the second point is this. Living a transformed life must continue with faithfulness to God and one another. Okay. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, 47. Let's let, let look at that real quick, okay? Um, and they devoted themselves to the, the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of breads and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Okay, I want to mention that a little bit. Um, that they did that, and that's remind me of um, what happened to, to me and my friend that needs help. And I said, well, I cannot do all that. So I reach out to the people that I know that they love God and would like to be a part of this. And then they sacrificed some of their part, and then we collected all that and be able to bless my friend and be able to pay for rent. You see that? And that's how you live your life, being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Now, the disciples devoted to themselves to fellowship um, with one another. They all experienced the mighty work of God. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 13, 35, said this. By this, all people will know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. Okay? People will know that you are Jesus' disciple when you love one another. What about our church? When people walk in, in, into this church and they know that you come to Blue Valley Baptist. How do people see how you live your life? 
How do you deal with conflicts? How do you deal with disagreement? Do you let Christ to restore that? Or you just let your emotion, your feeling to take place and take control? Now, guys, when the Holy Spirit leads, we must obey and follow. But a lot of times, when he leads us, but it might not be something that we want to do, a lot of time we refuse to obey. A lot of times when we feel bad for people who are in need, but we don't want to sacrifice what we have because we feel like we still have other needs that we have to, um, uh, to take care of. A lot of times when the Holy Spirit convicts us to, to forgive and then pray for, for, for our enemies, and then we say to God, say, but God, they hurt us. They hurt me. Why should I forgive them? That if you say that, if you do that, if that's your response to the Holy Spirit in you, then you will never experience the supernatural work of God in you. Just be careful. I know this word is hard. I'm not saying all this thing just for you. It's also for myself. This is a reflection for myself as well, how I would live my Christian life. That I would submit my life under the authority of the Holy Spirit in me. So, when we choose to surrender to authority of God in us, we will be faithful to God and one another. You don't have to worry, you know, to try hard to be faithful to God. If you submit your life, surrender under the Holy Spirit, He will glorify God. You don't have to worry about that. But a lot of times, instead of submitting under the, the power or the authority of the Holy Spirit in you, you're submitting under the authority of your own flesh. And that's why instead of being faithful to God, you sin against God. Instead of being faithful to one another, you get into the conflicts with other people instead of restoration. You understand that? Okay. So because when the Holy Spirit leads our lives, he will lead our hearts, our minds, our words, our action to glorify Christ. And when we live our lives to glorify Christ, we will be his witness to those around us. Amen? People will see. You don't have to try hard, but people will see because the Holy Spirit who lives in you will automatically glorify Christ. That is his job. But first, you have to submit under the authority of the Holy Spirit in you. I'm going to end with this. Let's ask this question. And then I want you to think about it. Do you want to experience God and his power in you? If you don't know God, I'm here. So many people here. Pastor Jeremy here. You can talk to us. We would like to help you. But if you already accept Jesus Christ and then you've, you said, that I want to experience his power in me. If you do, then what is it today or even now that God is calling you to obey? What is it? Ask yourself that question. Will you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in you and obey him? Or will you continue to close your ears, your eyes, your heart and live like how um, you want as if you are the one in control? You get to make that choice. Let me remind you this one more time. Galatians 2.20. That you and I have been crucified with Christ on the cross. It is no longer you or I who live in this body, in this flesh, but Christ, the one that lives 
in us, in you, in me. We live our lives in this body through our faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. One of our um, five S's is surrender. Say this, that I will daily submit to Jesus as my king. Let me ask you this. Is Jesus your king? Or yourself is your king? Or your boss is your king? Your relationship, your king? Your money is your king? Your job, your title, your promotion? Whatever 